Today's sermon is entitled, Making Spirit Moves. I'm making spirit moves in 2022. And the phrase at the bottom says, the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. I am making spirit moves in 2022. The wind is blowing. Here's what I want you to say this morning. I want you to apply this principle. Last week, we preached about mission, I'm possible. This week, I want you to say, I'm making spirit moves. If we were in a regular church, I say, tap your neighbor and say, I'm making spirit moves. Can you do that online? Is there a way you can do that in chat? Tap somebody and say, I'm making spirit moves. In other words, okay, here's how you can do it. You can go to their reply, go to somebody's name and hit reply and say, I'm making spirit moves. So you said it to them. All right, let's do that. Go to reply on somebody's name and say, I'm making spirit moves. How about that? Because the wind is blowing. So we're making spirit moves in 2022 because the wind is blowing. All right. That's important. The wind is blowing so we can make spirit moves. Now, let me tell you about a sailboat. A sailboat is a boat in the water, right? And it has these sails on it. But if the wind is not blowing, then that boat will not be able to move. Uh, Watch what I'm saying. The wind has to be blowing in order for the boat to move. So in order for you to make spirit moves, the spirit has to be blowing. The wind is blowing in order for you to move. And what I want you to understand in 2022 is that the wind is blowing. Now, if you aren't moving, your sail is not up. Are you tracking with me? It is not that the Holy Spirit isn't blowing your way. If you aren't moving, then you have lost your sail. A sail with no wind is pointless. A sail with no wind is pointless. I'll say that again. A sail with no wind is pointless. So watch this. Just as a life has no movement without God's spirit. If a sailboat can't move without wind, your life won't move without the Holy Spirit. He is the pusher of things. Ah, God. He is the wind of life. He pushes you out into life. He pushes you. He ebbs you. He encourages you. He inspires you to get out there in life and to try something and to be somebody. Ah, God, I feel like Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Ah, the dream is there because the spirit has moved. But watch this now. Let me put this on the slide. Let me show you what the spirit is. Check this out. The spirit, the spirit then is a movement of air. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about the Holy Spirit as a movement of air. It is like a blast of wind 
And this is why some have said, listen carefully, they felt a cool wind blow when a spirit passed by. Or sometimes in the movies, they'll portray a spirit or a ghost with the curtains moving because the spirit is animated or depicted as a movement of air. Secondly, the spirit is also depicted as it animates the body. A body without spirit is motionless. When a person dies, their spirit leaves them, which means their body does not move. Their body does not move because their spirit is gone. When the spirit is gone, there is no movement. I'm trying to get you to see I'm making spirit moves. When there is no spirit, there is no movement. Now, the third one is, the third one is, the active ingredient of life. The spirit is the active ingredient of life. So the spirit is movement of air. The spirit animates the body. He gives you life. And then the third one is that he is the ingredient for life. When people say they are living life, it means that they are living by the spirit. When people say that they are living life, it means that they are living by the spirit. It is the ingredient for them. Now the difference in this spirit, the difference with this with this spirit versus other spirits is that this one is holy. Somebody say holy. This spirit is holy. And what does that mean? That means that this spirit is designated for each life's purpose. In other words, it is set apart. It is specifically designed to handle your situation. I got so the Holy Spirit, uh, that's why we, we don't just say spirit. We say Holy Spirit. We don't want to call spirits because you call spirits, any spirit could come. So when you talk about the spirit, you talk about the Holy Spirit. You say Holy Spirit. That's Hagios Numata. Hagios Holy in the Greek, Numata Spirit in the Greek. So when you say Holy Spirit, you're asking for the spirit to come that's designated specifically for your purpose and your life. Let me talk to you over here. I want you to understand that also the spirit is the registrar of feelings. Have you gone to the registrar's office in school? The registrar has all your information. It documents all your data. and your. So the spirit is the registrar of your feelings, which correlate with your thoughts, desires, and actions. Watch this now. Your spirit inside you connects with your emotions, your thoughts, your desires, and your actions. So in order, watch this, in order for your emotions to be animated when you get angry, when you start tripping, when you start crying, those emotions become animated because of your spirit. It is your spirit that connects with your will, your desire, and makes that uh, development into animation. The body with the spirit creates the soul. So watch this now. When you have a body and you have a spirit, when they combine, they become a living soul. A suke, they become a living soul. The Bible says when God created man, he breathed into him the breath of life, the breath of life, and it says that he became a living nefesh, a living soul in the Hebrew. He became a living soul. So it is when the body connects with the spirit that it becomes a living soul. Now, what does a living soul mean? A living soul means that you are conscious to life 
and you are in existence. So a baby, you know, when they have their spirit, they're alive and they recognize they come into the world and they see mom and daddy, they are conscious souls, meaning they know they are alive. They know that they exist. So anybody who is a living soul is conscious that they are an existing being. You cannot exist as a being without the Holy Spirit. You cannot exist as someone who moves for God without his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit needs a body. The Holy Spirit needs a soul to function in. So the Holy Spirit ideally then is the efficiency of man's soul. I'm teaching already, baby sister. So when my body and my spirit create a living soul, God sends the Holy Spirit to become the efficiency of my soul. He becomes the regulator. He becomes the calibrator. He becomes the stabilizer and the great balancer of all things to man and woman. Are you tracking? I'm going to say that again, Latanya. Make sure you got it. A body with a spirit becomes a living soul, but a body and a spirit living soul left to its own will act up. So God says you need the Holy Spirit to help regulate your spirit to get your attitude right, to get your spirit right, to get your life right, I will balance you and equalize you. Without the Holy Spirit, you will not know how to move. When I move you, uh, never mind, let me keep on going. So the spirit itself, watch this now, but what I want you to understand is the spirit itself is subject to the whole person. The spirit itself is subject, listen to me, the Holy Spirit is subject to the whole person or the soul of man. The Holy Spirit does not take over your life. Oh, listen carefully. Though the spirit is the efficiency of man, it is still subject to man. Even though the Holy Spirit is there to regulate your life, it is still subject to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit won't just take over your life and make you right. You have to tell him to. You have to make the move. You have to bust the move. It must, listen, the Holy Spirit must be allowed or instructed to be efficient for me. In other words, you can't just expect the Holy Spirit to regulate your nasty attitude. You have to work with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, my spirit is a trip. I need you to fix me. Uh, And that's why you need a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that your spirit can get right. Uh, Never mind. Let me move on to the next point here. But the first thing I want you to be aware of, listen to this. I want you to be clear on this, that you listen to me. Listen to me, Terry. Listen, Terry. I want you to be clear that I want all of you to be clear. Tony, listen. I want you to be clear that there is a very real power inside of you right now that can do real supernatural things, period. I don't want any of you to misconstrue that the Holy Spirit is docile or timid or unable to do powerful supernatural things miraculous things. Eh? That's why the Holy Spirit lives in us because he must go with us everywhere we need to go. What I'm trying to explain to you is that when I go to the hospital to pray for people, I don't have the power. Are you kidding me? My spirit can't raise nobody. 
I need the power of the Holy Spirit to regulate and to bring people to healing or to life or whatever supernatural. Has anyone ever experienced a miracle? Has anyone ever, raise your hand if you've ever experienced a miracle. If you've ever experienced a miracle, meaning supernatural, you don't, there's no logical way it could have happened. I'm, if that miracle happened, it was because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. This power is given, now watch this, this power is given to influence our actions. The Holy Spirit is there to influence us. Now, I know Instagram got a lot of influencers on, and they influence you in a lot of ways. But the Holy Spirit got no Instagram, got no Twitter, ain't got no Facebook, it ain't got nothing. It's got your heart, your heart. The Holy Spirit is in your heart, and he is there to influence your heart. So you, <laughs> so you can act right. You hear me? So we need actions because, listen, we need our actions to be changed because people don't always respond to our words. Ah, so the Holy Spirit influences us to act right because people need actions to correspond with words. Sometimes words are not enough. But listen to me, believable actions are always based on believable words. That's a quotable. Believable actions are always based on believable words. Uh, but words sometimes by themselves are not enough. And you need the actions to clarify, confirm, or affirm the words that have been spoken. The only way actions and words can line up to create credibility in the world is by the power of the Holy Ghost. The only way that the world can see your actions line up with your words is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you make spirit moves, what you're saying is, I want in 2022, I want my actions to line up with my words. Ah, come on, somebody get with me. Are you with me? So therefore, watch your words or maybe this year start speaking things that you want the Holy Spirit to create actions for. Come on, PC teach. In other words, stop talking about negative things. Start, stop gossiping and repeating and reciting old lines that actions follow from. Because once you start, pat, 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 what happens? You get back and forth with somebody. Next thing you know, you're in a physical altercation. Well, let's change it. Let's start speaking blessing. Let's start saying good things, positive things, and then let's see if the Holy Spirit creates moves, uh, actions that coincide with what we said positively about our lives. Are you with me? All right, let's look at some text today that will help us understand this truth. So today I want to look at 2 Peter verses chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. I'm going to show you a very powerful scripture that changed my life many, many years ago and gave me a real clear understanding of who wrote the Bible. Verse 16 says, for we have not followed cunningly <clears throat> devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses 
of his majesty. For he received from God, the Father, honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Watch this. We have also a more sure word. Notice the word here. We have the sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. So in other words, we have a sure word that you would do well to pay attention to until the light comes on or the dawn, the day dawns and the star rises in your heart until you understand it. Now, 20 and 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Here it is. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God, watch this now, spake as they were, say this word with me, moved, say it again, moved by the Holy Ghost. I want you to see that they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So listen to this carefully. We're going to focus on verses 19 through 21, but verses 16 through 18 teach us why actions are important. People don't just believe our word. So in verses 16 and 18, Peter was reminding the believer, he said, we saw Jesus in the, on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw him turn into this bright light. We weren't just talking about pointless fables. We saw it with our own eyes. But then he says, not only did we see it, there is a more sure word we have that confirms it. In other words, scripture says that he was the glory. In other words, the word confirms what we saw. Listen to me. The word confirms what we saw. Ah, God, come on. He says, we even have a more solid comfort. God, help me, Lord. Help me here. Ah, hallelujah. That the word of God is a confirmation of how you should be acting. Woo! What? Woo! Oh, I'm getting excited. Hold on. Ah, oh, God. If T, if my godmother was in there, I'd be saying T. I'd be saying Louise. Come on, help me. So watch this. Listen, we have a more solid confirmation of what we believe is true. The word which was produced by the Holy Spirit. So 19 through 21 says, listen, the word that you read in the Bible didn't come by private interpretation. It was men who wrote it, who were, watch this, moved by what? The Holy Spirit. Do you get it? People are moved. So when you make spirit moves, you make moves by the spirit. How are you moving? I'm moving by the, how's your fit? How's your fit? I got my fit today. I got my vest on. I got my fit. How are you moving? How are you moving in your couture? How are you moving in how you dress? How are you moving on your job? How are you moving in your career development? How are you moving in your relationship, in your marriage? In other words, move by the spirit. In other words, dress. When you dress, dress by the spirit. In other words, don't be showing too much. Uh, don't be having a Janet Jackson uh, apparel failure. What they call it. Uh, I forget what they call it. Uh, so don't have an apparel failure. Uh, and so, in other words, dress, move by the spirit. In other words, let the spirit, ah, God, push you in your relationship before you cuss back 
Let the spirit move. Is this practical enough? Are you understanding what I'm saying? In essence, we're saying that it is because of his word that the actions are validated. Because the actions match the words and confirm them. Your actions ought to match the word of God. In other words, you act one way. Can you go back and validate how you acted when you read scripture? If scripture does not line up with how you acted, you weren't moving by the spirit. The spirit moves you only in confirmation and in agreement with the word of God I'm preaching. And this is too powerful. Let me move on to the next. Let me, let me show you this. Here it is. Point number one. When we when we're inspired, we act. When we're inspired, we act. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stay there. So when we're inspired, we act. So in other words, before you act, make sure you inspired. So don't just act and then try to see if the words line up. Get inspired first and then make sure that your actions have been moved by the Spirit. Look at 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, they didn't just start speaking. They didn't just start writing the word of God. These disciples, these apostles wrote the word of God only as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So what I'm trying to get you to see is before you do anything, beloved, before you do anything, Shanika, and I know you making moves. That's what they say, right? Shanika, you making moves. I know you making moves, but before you make the moves, get inspired. Somebody tap somebody and say, get inspired. Hit reply on somebody's name and say, get inspired. In other words, it is our inspirations that motivate our actions in life. It is our inspirations that motivate our actions in life. What inspires you? Your actions are often made because something moved you toward that. If negativity moves you, if gang banging moved you, if lying moved you, if negative people moved you, something influences your actions. And there are all kinds of spirits out there in the world. I told you about what kind of three there are, the Holy Spirit, your spirit, and the devil's spirit. There are three types out there that are trying to move you. People, remember remember who used to say it on the Little Rascals? Buckwheat, I think it was. He said, get thee behind me, stymie, stymie said, get thee behind me, Satan, but don't push. <laughs> he said, get thee behind me, but don't push. In other words, he understands that the devil ought to be at our back. It ought to be at our rears, but that doesn't mean that he ain't trying to push you into something. God, Cynthia, is this practical enough? Am I helping people? Let me know if I am. Listen, so what I want you to see, and I want you to understand, is that something must act on us before we act on others. That's a quotable. Something must act on us before we act on others, because when we're inspired, that's when we move. How, how do you say, oh, I don't feel like getting up out of bed. I don't feel like getting up out of bed. But if you see a commercial with a sale on TV, 50% off, you have been inspired to get out. I'm talking to Joy right now. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. This is, <laughs> this is why, Lil Ben, Lil Ben, I'm calling all y'all names. I'm calling all y'all names today. This is one reason why we have Sunday service and we call this ministry Breath for Change. We call it Breath for Change because as I breathe out on you what I have first confirmed in God's word, no, I don't speak what I want to speak. I speak what I first confirmed in the word and that's why I refer to the word. I first confirm it there, studying it, and then hopefully, guess what? It inspires you. Hopefully, Lisa, it inspires inspires you to change the breath for change that's what it is Lori it's the breath for change we breathe the word of God on you so that you can change and watch this your actions will change I'm hoping that after you come to church your actions bring glory to God so the text said the text said holy men of God were moved by the Holy Ghost in verse 21 Holy men of God spake as they were moved. So you become holy when you're influenced by the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me? You become holy when you are influenced by the Holy Spirit. Let me, when you are not influenced by the Holy Spirit, and you up slapping up somebody's head or stealing or cheating a lie, you are not influenced by the Holy Spirit, boo. It just ain't, that ain't the Holy Ghost. And you are not acting holy. So they were holy because they had the Holy Spirit. So they moved, they were moved, in other words, as if, listen, the Greek term there means, the the Greek term for move there means it basically bore you along by a wind, it pushes you along. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes, lifts you up, and carries you away. Like the sailboat, the wind comes, blows into your sail in order to move you. So it actually, the wind, Lift sometimes in storms they say storms for winds 80 miles per hour and it lifts things. God, listen to me. Tornadoes come and these hurricanes, these cycles, these things come and what do they do? They're so forceful they can lift up things and do what? Moot. Ah, God, I'm telling you, when we come to church and church is filled with the Holy Spirit, somebody ought to be lifted and moved. Come on, somebody say, I'm L&M. Come on, I'm lifted and moved. Come on, baby. Some of y'all getting BBLs and you need to be lift other things. You getting cheeks lifted. You getting stuff lifted. You need to get your life lifted. Come on, email me. Come on, write me on that one. Write me on that one. I'm talking about you getting everything else propped up. You ought to get your spirit propped up. You ought to get your your character propped up. Your integrity propped up. Your 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 humility propped up. How much you spend on that? <laughs> That's all right. Move on, PC. Don't make no enemies. They spake as they were moved by God, which made them like prophets. In other words, their speaking was inspired. How they talked with people. How they wrote the word of God. What he's talking about? These men wrote the word of God. In other words, scripture was written by men who were moved by the Holy Spirit. Peter didn't write what he wanted to write. He wrote what the Spirit told him to write. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So this implies that we are to create things uh, that speak long after we can't. So their speaking was inspired by through the writings of the Holy Spirit. So this implies, watch this now, that even though, listen, even as we read the Bible today, even as we read the Bible today, The Bible still is the inspired word of God that was written by the men who were moved by the Holy Spirit. Watch this now. 
So the word is still alive. When we read the word, it is still alive, which means that when you move by the spirit, it has a continuing impact on people even after the action is completed. Oh, this is good teaching. Come on now, Wendy. Even after you have done what God has called you to do, the thing itself resonates life because the Holy Spirit's power is there. To, I'm not going to finish this today. This, uh, this ain't going to happen. This, this just implies then that you, listen, you create things that live longer than you. So all I'm trying to say, this is one of the primary reasons for kids. Kids are to be the extension of our spirit. So when we talk about creating legacy, perpetuity, or we talk about um, posterity, we talk about kids, creating kids who have our spirit. In other words, they carry on the legacy of the Smiths. They carry on. So create things in 2022. Spirit moves by 2022 that last longer. Are you tracking with me? God, I hope you. And the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that they were passive about this. The, 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 the uh, context in the Greek, the sentence structure and the grammar, it is a passive voice. In other words, it means it was active upon them. So in other words, you don't have to do the hard work, Sharon. You just have to let God do the work on you. Your job is to let the Holy Spirit. Somebody just let the Holy Spirit help you act right. The spirit ain't telling you to act right on your own. He's saying, let me help you act right. Don't you remember in Jerry Maguire? Let me help you show me the money. Let me help you. Do you understand? God is not asking you to live holy. He's not asking you to be holy on your own. He knows you can't do that. What he's saying is work with me. Work with the Holy Spirit. Let me make you holy. Let me give you a better attitude. Let me be the one. But so many of you, every day, go out in your lives without even consulting the Holy Spirit, no inspiration, no influence, acting upon what you know to be familiar, just another day, familiarity, ho-hum, and your actions carry the same weight as yesterday, which amounts to zero. (sighs) We must allow the Holy Spirit to be our inspiration. What do I mean by that? We must allow our ideas to stem from him, how he moves us, he becomes the wind of life. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. How can you know something is inspired? How can you know something is inspired? I got to move. God, I'm not going to make it. Jesus, help me. How can you know something is inspired? Number one, it's moving. If it's inspired, it's moving, meaning it's designed to traverse time. The Holy Spirit never comes to be stagnant. It never comes to stay. Number two, 
It's not seen. Something that inspired, number one, is moving. Something that inspired isn't seen. When you're inspired, you don't always see it. It moves in your spirit. It moves in your emotions. It gets in your mind. Inspiration is a part of your spirit and your soul. It's not seen, but it is sensed or the impact is obvious. It's seen, but it's not seen. It's called instinct. Have you ever moved by instinct? Things happen in your life and you just feel like something is telling you to do this or act this way. Number three, it's gotta be strong enough to move you. It's not inspiring if it don't move you. It ain't, if, it, if you ain't moved by it, boo, it didn't inspire you. It's got to be strong enough to pick you up. It's got to be strong enough to get you out of bed. It's got to be strong enough to get you to apologize for your action. If the word does not inspire you to say sorry, then you aren't moved by the Holy Spirit. It can lift you to carry you along with this idea. In other words, the idea is bigger than you. It must have long lasting tentacles to outlast your body life. In other words, it's got to be strong enough enough to move you past yourself. <laughs> Verse number or number four says you are needed. Listen, it needs your involvement. Anything that is inspired needs your involvement. The spirit will not do what it do on its own. It needs a human. It needs a Michael Jordan. It needs a LeBron James. It needs somebody to work through. It needs a Sidney Porte. Rest in peace. It needs somebody to move. It needs you, Ben. It needs you, Mama Kane. It needs you, Cynthia. It needs you, Jonna. It needs you, Tony. It needs us to be able to do it. So inspiration needs to find a hub. Inspiration needs to find a soul and a person to connect with on a godly level. Listen then. So this then comes, we are inspired by our actions. As I said, uh, this then becomes, we are moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, no, it is not that apostles, listen to me carefully. It is not that the, watch this now. This is going to be good, Terry. Listen to this carefully. It is not that the apostles were literally hearing words and taking dictation. When they wrote the Bible, they weren't listening. The Holy Spirit didn't say, uh, in the beginning, God was the creation. He created the world and all of that. No, he didn't do that. Listen to me. God gives you words that become yours. In other words, he inspires you and then you create the words that reflect the inspiration. Oh, God. In other words, you write it, but God inspired it. Oh, this is good teaching. This ought to help you a little bit when you channel and you're acting. They are, listen, they are your words, but they were his first. In other words, God is not asking, listen, that's why I have to do a job to try to read the Bible first and then put it in a way in which you can understand it. You may not understand the King James Version or the Bible as you just read it, but I'm hired to come online to help interpret or breathe that word on you in a way that you can understand it. I put them in my words. I take his words, put them in my words. I'm reading my notes right now. The origin is the Holy Spirit. The resource is our own minds. Pen, paper, project. In other words, the origin is the Holy Spirit, but the resource is our own mind. Listen, if my songs I write, they come from God. The books I write, they come from God. But guess what? It's my intellectual property. 
property. Try to use it without my permission. I'll sue you. In other words, those are my words. Those are my IP, my intellectual properties, my copyrights, my brands. If I pay for a trademark, I pay for a trademark. But all of my brand, all of my business, all of my family has to be inspired by God first. I get the credit for it (laughs) because it's my, my words. But guess what I do with the credit? I come to church to give God the glory. In other words, when he blesses me, I bless him. We already preached about that. Come on, PC, move on. We don't become comatose. And some of you Holy Ghost spiritual people out there who think when the Holy Ghost comes, that you become overwhelmed and comatose. Ethereal eyes roll back and you know the Lord is upon me. No, you are fully conscious. God dog it. When you're at CVS or Ralph's, you are fully filled with the Holy Ghost. When you're standing there at job, at your computer, you're writing or you're working as a traffic guard in the street, you are full on fire with the Holy Ghost. Ain't nobody got, your eyes ain't gonna roll back. You ain't no, you don't need the preacher, you don't need the organ, the choir ain't got to sing. When it comes time for you to respond the right way, the Holy Ghost is there to, God dog it, I feel him right now. Calm down, PC. I want you to be clear that you are actively engaged in executing and bringing out what God has put in you every day and in every situation you are anointed and you are holy like preaching folks God gives us words in silence he gives me this message in silence in privacy that I go to preach on the rooftop God gives me this message but I write them they are my words my sentences my structures my organizing it's my outline but it's fully governed by the powerful Holy Spirit he inspires I like this this is a quotable he inspires my normalcy ah yes I get I what I bring to God is my normalcy God brings to me his supernatural And so what he does, he takes my ordinary and he adds extra in front of it. He takes my ordinary and makes it extraordinary. I become extraordinary, but I first got to give him my ordinary. Somebody say, take my ordinary God. So watching what others do, listen to me, watching what others do can inspire. Listen, it can inspire us. So inspiration is seeing something being done by others that we aspire to do ourselves. If you want to do something, that you see others do, watch them. If you want to play like the uh, Williams girls, then you've got to be able to watch them. If you want to uh, uh, play like LeBron James, I like LeBron, as you can tell. If you want to play like, you got to watch him. If you want to act like Lil Ben, then you got to watch him. I want you to see, if you want to act like Sidney Porter, you've got to watch him. If you want to play like Stevie Wonder, you've got to watch him. You must be inspired. So guess what? If you want to be like God, you have to to watch him. If you want to be like Jesus, you've got to watch him. Well, how do you watch him? You watch him through the lives of others. You watch him through the word of God. The Holy Spirit isn't asking us to do anything he hasn't already done himself through another yielded vessel. In other words, God is not inspiring you to do anything that he hasn't already inspired somebody else to do. And guess what? Because of that, whatever you try to do is possible. So your mission is impossible. 
You are possible because God is only inspiring you to do what he has already done in someone else. Nothing is new under the sun to God. Anything that you do has already been played out in his head before existence even began for you. He already knows your beginning, your middle, and your end. And if he commissions or inspires you to do something, he has already seen it to be profitable. In other words, God is not asking you to do anything that he hasn't already planned out, tracked out, prepared for you to be successful in. Somebody ought to say, preach, God. Preach. As we watch his work in others, we become inspired. Look at this. Number two says, we act because our words aren't enough. We act because our words aren't enough. For we have not, the text says, we have not followed cunningly devised fables. In other words, your words can sound like fables to people. You lying. That's just a story. That ain't true. That ain't real. So the text says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So listen, my first point, my first point was, when we're inspired, we act. My second point is we we act because our words aren't enough. We're inspired. When we're inspired, we act. But we act because our words aren't enough. So my point is God gives us actions to display or demonstrate his words. It is our actions that make our words, our voices to others more certain. We do because our words aren't enough. Too many words without confirming actions fall on deaf ears. I'll say that again. Too many words without enough actions become fables. Ah, God, here it is. Too many words without actions become um, uh, fairy tales. Yeah, there it is. Fairy tales are fairy tales because we can't find the actions to match the story. Ah, but when we find actions to match stories or words, we call those facts. Ah, come on, somebody. You do hashtag facts all the time. Why? Because what you're saying is, I not only can confirm what they said, I saw it for myself. That's what you're saying. You're saying facts. Facts. <laughs> you're saying facts to something you know and you've witnessed for yourself. So the Holy Spirit is not just sent as a voice or a transfer of words. That's why I'm not impressed by people who say they can speak in tongues all day. And you just, okay, those are words. But then you go outside and you cuss somebody out in the parking lot. Your actions don't match what you just spoke into. Nah, never mind, I ain't even going to get on that. My point is the Holy Spirit is not sent just to speak in tongues in the church or to be a voice or to be words of preaching and prophecy. He is sent as an instrument of actions that confirm the words he sent. It is God's design of the Holy Spirit to confirm you, conform you to the image of his son. In other words, he wants to change you. Ah, God, I feel him in my soul. He wants to make you look right. He wants you to start acting like, mm, I feel him now. I feel like walking down a drill team with my little something. I feel like God wants you to act 
the way the word says. In other words, I don't care about you quoting scripture. I don't care about you going around talking about how much you love Jesus. So what? Can you act like you love Jesus? Oh, slow me down, God, here. The Holy Ghost wants to change your actions. Come on, somebody. And that's what I want us to be in 22. I don't want us to just say about it, talk about it. I want us to be about it. I want us to act about it. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm using every vernacular slang possible to help you understand this text today. Am I getting them, LaTanya? Am I getting them, LaWanda? Let me know if I'm getting them. I'm getting them. So listen to me. People, people were not to view these words. In other words, people were not to, God didn't write the Bible just for you to read it. He wrote, God, in other words, people were not to just view these words as words of men only, but that these men were employed and deployed passively by the Holy Spirit, who not only gave them words, but moved them to write them out. In other words, they were moved by it and they were, they were examples of this power. So watch this now to give them stage. In other words, God, Ah, Luke and 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 Paul and and Mark and and uh, uh, Matthew and and all of these people wrote these stories. Why to give platforms of execution of actions? Oh, this is so good, so that readers can have a more visual evidence to believe what is new and to believe the profound truth. In other words, God gives stories in the Bible to create factual actions to help people believe. God didn't just write. The word in order for people to say, oh, well, Jesus came and he died. Okay, I believe it. No, he wrote it so that someone would trace the actions. Did Jesus actually come? Was there a Jesus of Nazareth? Well, history says, yes, there were. Facts. Was there somebody named John? Facts. Yes. Was there somebody named Mary? Facts. Yes. Was there an empty tomb? Facts. Yes. Was there a shroud in an empty tomb with blood on it? Facts. Yes. Was there an Ark of the Covenant? Were there a, was there a tabernacle? Was there a temple with the Ark of the Covenant? Was there a temple with the table of showbread? Facts. Yes. In other words, was there was there uh, 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 the, the walkway, the Calvary walkway, the Via Della Rosa? Does that exist? Facts. Yes. Was there a tomb of Joseph that was borrowed for Jesus to be in? Facts. Yes. Well, God, I feel him now. Was there a, a Sea of Galilee where Peter was in the water fishing and Jesus walked on the water to meet him? Facts. Yeah. In other words, the Bible was written to give us actions and platforms to help people believe. God doesn't care about you going in the world and telling a story. He wants you to have actions to demonstrate the facts ah, to make your words believable. God, I feel him. Help me through here. God, I'm not going to finish, but please tell me don't stop. I can't stop right now. So it's not just believing the stories told. They were eyewitnesses to acts that took place. And that's what being a witness is, right? A witness is testifying to what you have seen. A witness is testifying to what you know to be true. It is what you know firsthand because you in particular performed the action or were part of it. You know what I noticed over my ministry? I noticed over my ministry is very rarely, and me and Lil Ben talked about this recently, very rarely do I preach something that I have not first experienced myself. Very rarely 
necessarily do I preach a text that I haven't, in other words, it's not happening in my life or it hasn't happened or it's about to happen in my life. In other words, I need an experience to be able to create the conviction of believability in order to pass it on to you. In other words, if you can't experience it, if you don't really know it, guess what? It has no power when you breathe it. Ah, God, the wind has no thrust. In other words, your sails are up, but ain't nothing moving. Have you ever had somebody listen to somebody's story and it's unbelievable? It means they have no spirit behind what they're saying. And when they have no spirit, it means they have no eyewitness experience. It means that they have no relationship. You can tell preachers who get up and have no relationship with God and their words are just words. They sound good. They fit every category. You saying all the right words, but your actions don't match up. That's why you got to stay away from them bald head booze who say the right things, but they go down the wrong road and you can't believe them. You got to know their spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about getting to know people, not just their triceps, their hair and their boobs and their hips. I'm talking about learning their heart, learning their spirit, learning what inspires them, learning what moves them. So you've got to know if you can come up with something. Listen, if you've got to ask yourself, is this inspired by God and is there an action to be able to match it? So what has happened? I'm going to ask you, Joy. I'm going to ask you, Shana. I'm going to ask you, all you online, what has happened in your life lately that unquestionably unquestionably confirms the word of God for your life? Is there anything that has happened in your life that confirms what you know to be true in the word? If you can come up with something, then it is your calling to share that testimony in some form or action. It is your job to create platforms to help demonstrate what you already know to be true. If God healed you, do something in your life to demonstrate God's healing in the word so that when people read the word that says, I sent my word and my word healed thee, then demonstrate that in your life. Show people how you got healed so that when they read that in the Bible, what you've shown them, what you've shown them becomes believable when they read the scripture. The looming question of all mankind, and I only got one more left, and I'm I'm done. I, I'm 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 I might make it. I got ten minutes left. The looming question of all mankind is how do we know if God's word is true? And Peter seeks to answer that by bifurcating and explaining. We know that God's word is true by combining the human with the spiritual. Ah, that's what I want you to understand. The truth of God's word is not just spiritual, nor is the truth of God's word just physical. You must combine the divine with the natural and the power of the combustion ability of both creates the believability of what you're trying to purport through your actions, through the words that you say. His first example was that he witnessed it on. Peter said, I witnessed Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. I saw his human body. I touched his hands. I felt it. But then I also saw him rise again. Uh, Peter was one who went into the tomb to see and knelt down and said, he ain't here. He was one. Peter, John, Mary, and them came to the tomb and said, he's risen. I saw his body when it was there. And then I saw him after he resurrected. I'm saying you have to find ways to understand people, both in their human sense. Yes, I know Pastor Cherry. Yeah, I know his past. Yeah, he ain't all that. You're right. That's my human past. I got some messed up mistakes. But don't discount me because I got another side. Cat dog, and I've got a spiritual side that makes up for the mistakes I've made. It has turned it around. It has helped me become more holy. So you can stand there and not forgive me and hold all that against me. But that's because you're not spiritual. Spiritual things move. Spiritual things doesn't hold a grudge forever. Spiritual things move on. Spiritual things, cat 
drug it. Help me, Holy Ghost. Spiritual things, let it go because you ain't got time to be re-rehearsing stuff that God has moved on himself from. My next point, my last point, will demonstrate this. We are best when we act upon his words. The text says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed. As unto a light that shines in the dark place unto the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. My first point was that we are inspired if we act. And the second point is we act because our words aren't enough. My third point is we are best when we act upon his words. Ah, we are inspired by his words. We act because our words aren't enough. But we are best when we act upon his words. In other words, it is God's word that gives us credibility to our actions and others' beliefs. We are best when we do what he says. Bottom line, Shauna, we are best when we do what he says. How we read and apply the word determines how others believe and receive God's truth. In other words, our actions help people when they read the Bible. If they can't see it in you first, then they're not going to believe the word they read. So don't ask people to read the Bible if you aren't willing to live it in front of them. Because the words that they read in the book have to be inspired by the Holy Ghost who helps your actions. So verses 19 through 21 reminds us that the stories and the actions aren't isolated events or incidents. In other words, your actions are not just isolated actions. They are attached to some words somewhere. Those words should be heeded to the credibility of the acts. In other words, your actions should give credibility to what you have spoken. I'm going to start speaking stuff all week and I'm going to watch how my actions during the week give credibility to what I spoke on Monday. Why? Because acts without meaning are pointless. A sailboat without wind is pointless. But acts that can confirm intent, cause, will, etc. are acts that should be received or assimilated more readily. Have you ever been to court and you've asked the, the pr prosecutor or the attorney there to go through the events? What are they trying to do? They're trying to match up the events and they say, what do they say? They say, but you said you were there Tuesday at three o'clock, but the video shows you were there Wednesday at one o'clock. In other words, the actions don't match the words. And so that's all court is. It is the combining of actions with words to create evidence to establish a truth. <laughs> and that's what God wants to do in your life. That's what worship service is. It comes to a court. It comes to a place to bring you to an awareness. Did your actions line up with your words? And if they didn't, we have altar call. We have altar call so you can line them up. Confess, repent, apologize. Say, God, I messed up. Get it right. Get in your own courtroom, your spiritual courtroom and ask God to bring divinity and the combination of your actions with your life. The words were not of men's own volition or interpretation. These words were written by the Holy Spirit. There are three ways that these texts teach us how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And here's how the Holy Spirit works. And I'll give you these and I'll go. Watch this. The first way, the first way that this uh, works in our lives is through, let's see here. Um, the first one is, where are we? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hang on. There we go. 
All right, the first one is illumination. We listen, the spirit illuminates. The spirit illuminates us. In other words, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place. There it is. The Holy Spirit gives light in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. The Holy Spirit should give you light in dark places. Number two, it gives revelation. The text says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, it is revelation. It is not something you come up with. God gives it to you. God gives me these messages. God gave you that business. God gave you that idea. God gave you that situation. In other words, it is revelation. It is not private interpretation. It's not old pizza. It's not bad chicken. It's not old hiccups or drinkingness. It's revelation from God. It is not your own concoction. And then the last then is inspiration. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so this is what I want you to see clear, people, that you haven't, this is not your own volition. You have been inspired by God. You, haven't you heard people say, I was moved by that presentation. Oh, that moved me, honey. And that means something inspired them. And just as the word is given, the word given wasn't given by man's human capacity, nor can people receive it without the Holy Spirit's help. And this is crucial. I'm going to give you this last point and, I, and I'll let you go. But listen, just as you give it spiritually, people can't even receive it spiritually. Even the Holy Spirit must give us the understanding of his spiritual word. So let's say these apostles wrote the scripture. They wrote it as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You have to be moved by the Holy Spirit to be able to understand it. God, are you understanding me? So you can't take spiritual, line it up with unspiritual. You can't take spiritual, match it with carnal and expect carnal to understand your spiritual. You've got to connect spiritual with spiritual because spiritual has to be able to interpret what was given to you spiritually. Stop telling your spiritual and visions and things and destiny to people who aren't spiritual because they won't get it. Even the unsaved can't come to Christ lest their hearts first be regenerated by the Holy Spirit because what they are being regenerated to is spiritual. No uh, a human or carnal mind can understand or invest in the things of God because they are not spiritual. Not, watch this, I'm going to ruffle some feathers, Joy, call security non-spiritual people who read your life can't interpret its meaning without the power of the Holy Spirit so not only does the Holy Spirit help you act in the world but the Holy Spirit helps you interpret and understand things in the world the Holy Spirit helps others understand your actions so please stop trying to convince people who are not spiritual why you did what you did it will resonate to people who are spiritual watch this now when we read the word we don't read reach the truth of an accurate interpretation on our own, we learn the word by the Holy Spirit. You read the Bible when you're studying at home, the Holy Spirit has to help you get it. So all those, watch this now, watch this, uh, here it is, all those who say they understand the Bible best when they drunk, you know, some people read the Bible, they say, oh, I, ooh, I really un I really get spiritual when I'm drunk and I'm high, ooh, ooh, I'm high on this, and some are, and, or you, you say you understand the Bible better when you're in some disobedient state of action or mind, your interpretations are left to your own, that is not true, you will not be able to understand spiritual things when you're in an unspiritual state, you're drunken, you've allowed the flesh to take over your body, you're an acts of sin, and there is 
is no way the Holy Spirit is giving you clear interpretation of Scripture. You are in a disobedient state of action or mind, and your interpretations will be left to the Jack Daniels or the Remy Martin or the Hennessy or the Sherm or the herb you smoking, whatever color it is, the purple syrup or whatever it is you're sinning in, your interpretation of God is left to the sin you're filling yourself with. Ouch, call security. I got to go out the back door. The Holy Spirit is holy for a reason. And he does not come into your life and accommodate your sins. So do not expect to be holy and more powerful while you think God is gracefully allowing you to continue to degrade your life by your uh, disobedient actions. The Holy Holy Spirit is holy and he acts in holy vessels. So the more holy you become, the more you understand what God is doing. So you cannot understand what God is doing in an unholy lifestyle. Warren Wiersbe said it like this. He said, the spirit gave the word and the spirit must teach us the word. In other words, if he gave it to us, then he must help us understand it. We can trust the Bible because God gave it to us. Therefore, our actions from God's word should illumine others. They should reveal truth and inspire onlookers to stop sinning. Our actions should encourage the truth that God has given us. We become the walking epistles that many will read and some may never open a Bible, but they have our lives to transcribe meaning every day and thereby choose to accept or reject Jesus through our actions. I conclude with this beloved. This lesson teaches us to be careful not to over-spiritualize our religious experiences. God's word is facts that much of which can be traced in history. God didn't write a book. He didn't write a book of miracles to wow the world. He wrote a book to help people understand that people don't just believe because something miraculous happened. People don't accept Jesus just because a miracle happened. There must be words behind it that bring it to life. That miraculous must be understood in a greater and broader life context that leads the partaker to a better understanding. Miracles must fit in a context. The truth is, many don't believe what we say because it is too spiritual and it has no relevant value. So some people come in, oh, the Lord healed me. I went to church three times a week. The Lord healed me. But we have no context to see how that healing manifests. Did it make you love your husband better? Did it make you pay your payments on time? Did it help you stop your cars from being repossessed? If you can't show me in your life how that miracle impacted your every day, you're too spiritual. Nobody wants to hear about your church service if they can't understand your everyday life service. Oh, that's a quotable. If the word of God is going to be the light of the world, then we must give it in a context that the world can understand. We must give the word on a platform by which it can be read and seen. 
And this is why Jesus became the word on earth. He said, I just can't tell it in a book. I've got to come myself. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. John chapter 1. This is why Jesus demonstrated that he was a son of Mary and Joseph. He was son of a carpenter. He was a boy. He pooped in his diapers. He was born in a manger. He went fishing with apostles. He taught in the sanctuaries, in the synagogues. He lived and he died. He showed the context of the miracle. He said, I'm living it in front of you. And what I was able to do here on earth, you can do as well. Because what I've done as a man, I've done while inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I did it, you can too. If I overcame sin, you can too. We all must be more than just words, ideals, and philosophies, and good churches, and good choir members. We must be real enough to tell the truth about our abortions and our divorces and our firings and our jailings and sentences and our struggles with being gay and lesbian. We must talk about the stuff that is wrong and how God has turned it around. We must be actors visualizing God's holy and inspired word. And this text today shows me clearly. And all those people in our culture in particular who say, well, the Bible was written by the white man. And it just started to be able to tell you to imprison you. No, here is the text. Second Peter chapter one, verses 20 and 21 says no prophecy. No scripture was given by interpretation of man, but holy men of God wrote it as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. So next time somebody say the Bible was written by a white man, you tell them the Bible was written by the Holy Ghost through men who submitted their lives to him. It was not written by anyone's private interpretation. It was written as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so as I say to you, while we aren't called to write the word as they meant, as those men were, we are called to read it. Put it on the screen for me. We're called to read it, to obey it, and we're called to live it. Read it, obey it, and live it. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.